0: So, uh, I've been watching, or I finished The Leftovers. Yeah, man. Which, Oof. you know, because I had to text you right away, but let's talk about it a little bit. Oh, uh,
1: my God. she's so after, good. It's
0: one of those shows where while you're watching it, and maybe even immediately after every episode and the show as a whole, I'm <laughs> like, this is something I need to think about. You know what I mean by yeah. that? Yeah. It's not just something I can immediately be like, I am satisfied. That is the best show I've ever watched. It's something I walked away from and was like, I really need to think about what I just watched. And it could have easily turned into something I I was like, "Eh, not my thing. If I would have thought about those things, I could have seen them, you know, being Mm -hmm. pseudo- things if that makes sense like things you think about and then they flesh out into nothing
1: you know nearly things nearly things but (laughs) Um, not quite and
0: everything i i wanted to like meditate on i was able to find an answer for myself and be satisfied with that answer i got and what's cool about it is i know that maybe your answers with things that you wanted to meditate on are different than mine and i think it was done in a way that's not like a just I'm going to ask all these questions so you can come up with the answers and right. all of your answers are right. It was more it's... like they presented us with some concrete evidence towards answers. Uh-huh. And that evidence proves to me that this dude, uh, Damon Lindelof, the, the creator, writer, he really yeah. cared about not just the journey, but the end of the journey too. And yeah, that's kind of rare on TV. I'm not oh, as man. often satisfied with the end of a show. And we got it, I'd say, almost got it twice because Devs has a similar way of ending Ooh. where you need to think. And thinking is part of what makes it a great ending. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I I rewatched Devs this last week um, uh, with Eva and uh, it's really, really good. And also, I want to say, in the first episode, I was sort of like, uh, Oh, did you just Sonoya? binge it? Eh, yeah, we just like... Two days. In two days, we'd watch the whole thing. And in the first episode of of, of this podcast, I, I was sort of like, I don't know, harping on her a little bit. And yeah, I realized it was specifically that episode it, that, that we had just watched. And it made me think that that's how it had been the whole time. But even just watching the first couple episodes, I'm like, wow, she's got some really stellar like performance and emotional availability. And actually, uh actually uh, looked it up and, uh, I guess... She's fucking British. So that actually explains a little bit about the placement and everything and why it sounds a little bit off. Like, she's kind of nailing it. Like, because I would not have guessed that in a million years. She sounds American. But it makes sense why. I'm amazed. Right? And, like. But it, it, it does make sense why her placement, which is, like, trying to go from, like, back of the throat British into, like, uh, the American, like, more nasal-like and forward. It's, like, makes sense why her tone of voice, is, especially in specific scenes, like the dinner scene, is more like, what do you mean? It's, like, I don't know. It makes it makes a lot of sense. But also, uh, god damn, she's really a killer performance in, yeah, in that. She, yeah, she,
0: and especially... With how, I don't know, like that finale kind of made me kick myself for saying what I said. Great show! I definitely, I'm gonna have to rewatch it too because that just sounds like a
1: good time to be able to binge it. It's worth it. it, it. Was... And there are Easter eggs uh, from the very beginning, oh. a little bit. I mean, not like huge stuff, but like I don't know, a lot of the opening sequences. I personally, I don't know, just the way I watch things. I just kind of let it flow over me and like remember certain things if they're like specifically pointed out to be. But there are like stills or moments of scenes in later episodes, like not even foreshadowing the episode that you're about to watch, but moments from ahead in the show in the opening sequence, like the opening montage of multiple episodes, which is really cool. That, I, yeah, that's not something that
0: happens often enough, especially on TV, because so many, so many shows are directed by different directors. You know, one, mm-hmm. one guy might not pick up on the other guy's little thing he was going for. And that little thing that you might've thought, oh, that was a nice shot. Just might've been a nice shot where devs, there's some payoff, uh, watching, I, I was telling you earlier, I've been rewatching Harry Potter and yeah. I never, I, I've. This has been pointed out to me before, but I never noticed it just uh, naturally while watching it. Uh, Mm. In the third Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban, there are are a couple moments where we see like a bird fly around Hogwarts and it just highlights key areas that will be scenes later on in the film. This Mm -hmm. time while I was watching it, it not only did that for me where I'm like, oh, cool, like throwback. It also pretty much gives you a great idea of how close everything is in the geography of the outdoors of Hogwarts because we've always seen these things. we saw the specific landmarks of Hagrid's hut. We've seen the tree, we've seen you know the Wamping willow. we've seen the like the backyard little area of but we've never seen someone walk from one to the other. So showing the mm-hmm. bird kind of just like fly from one area down to the other all the way back and into the whomping willow it just kind of gives you a really like this place
1: is real. Um, that is one of the reasons that the third movie is, I mean, one of the many reasons that the third movie of Harry Potter is the best of the series, because that is something it's doing for the entire, you know, watching experience of the whole series it's is insane. giving you an, a geographic, you know, map of the place that you spend the entire story.
0: And then it gives like, you basically the tone that they carry throughout the rest of the series, right. too. It takes this big yeah. tonal shift, and it stays, oh, yeah. It sticks with it. They nail it so much that even though they pick different directors for other installments, those directors definitely look back and are like, oh, yeah, he got it.
1: We're talking about it a little bit in the first episode, but Harry Potter might be one that we could do on this show.
0: Absolutely. You know? Especially now that I've gone through multiple Harry Potter phases, being a kid, just being amazed because it's Harry Potter, but in real life, because I read the books before the, I was introduced to the movies. It was, yeah. so it was like, that was the first time I've been just blown away at a book I've read coming to life. And then yeah. um, getting a little older and being like, uh, maybe the first two aren't as, you know, they're, they're from my childhood or whatever. Now, just now rewatching them and not even fully paying attention and like taking notes but just Mm -hmm. casually watching them i appreciate way more about those first two movies than i did in that middle phase the sure the way that it captured me as a kid was the point of those movies and they did it so well and there are so many lines of dialogue and little moments that are edited to just be memorable like yeah uh there's no such thing as magic like just little things like that. Watching right. them now, I'm like, oh, there's a rhythm to that. Whoever edited that, did that to a beat almost. You can tell, like mm-hmm. he almost. And done. It's it's just impressive, and the little decisions like that are what makes me still quote those little quotes in my head. You know.
1: Yeah. Another thing I want to highlight that I watched uh, in the last week, because um, I've been I've been passing my time a lot with uh, the Adventure Zone podcast. They. They play D&D for the first, like, large arc, and the most recent one, they're still coming out with episodes, is D&D as well, but there's this really cool middle arc that they play a game called Monster of the Week. Monster of the Week is basically like the type of shows, Monster of the Week shows, that came out during, you know, large uh, network television era, and the prime example, which is what I'm getting to, is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh! And I've also been, um, you know... They've mentioned Buffy a bunch, and I also got a uh, socially distant <laughs> lunch with my friend Sophina like a week ago, and uh, she was just raving about it, and I guess she's been doing a rewatch, and I was like, all right, it's on Hulu, all the episodes are on Hulu, I guess I'll give it a try, because I'd tried it before, um, but man, the what a strong beginning, and I know it's one of those that, uh, like a lot of things, uh, a lot of people are like, get through the first season, it's good. The first season's good, but then then they really get the groove for it. And even the first couple episodes, I think I only watched two, but still, it's like they set that up really, really well. And part of what I really like about it, the main thing I wanted to highlight just talking about it, bringing it up, is um, that you're not. it's not an origin story in the first episode. It's just about her getting to this new town. Like, she already knows she's the vampire slayer. I didn't know that. Um, have you ever watched Supernatural? No,
0: I know, I know you had a huge phase with that show. The early half of that, it's still on, so maybe oh, is even it? the early third. I think oh, wow. so. Oh, uh, the early third of that show, like first three or four seasons, is just Monster of the Week most of the time, and those, are, in my opinion, everyone has their opinions on that show because it's one of those, you know, I think that's when it's the best, just schlocky, Monster of the Week- you know, and and it also starts in a way where these dudes already know what they're doing, and they're yeah. already they've done it before, and uh, it kind of starts with them needing to get back into it, you know. Right. Which I I love stories like that. Those are always so cool.
1: Well, uh, this is a new lens a podcast. Gary and I here do about things we've watched uh, in the past, probably mostly from childhood, and are revisiting through the new lens of aspiring filmmakers. You know what? I said that last time, sort of helped clarify, like, aspiring filmmakers. But also, like, we've both made films and... uh, Yeah, we're filmmakers. We're filmmakers, you know? I mean... Absolutely. Yeah. Amateur filmmakers. If if it was
0: 1996, what we've made could be considered, like, a big deal, you (laughs) know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's part of what makes those films from 1996 so cool. But still, I don't know. You know? We're there. We're doing things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're doing it on our own. That's what's so, yeah. I don't know. That's what, I think that's what gives us this new lens, is how much we've had to learn on our own. It just, it
1: it piles on a lot. Absolutely. Well, we're on episode five, right? Ep- yeah, it's episode five here of yep. uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. We've got The King of Omashu, a fantastic episode. Aang and the gang. Uh, arrive at the city of Omashu right at the very beginning. Uh, It's a city Aang had visited multiple times in his childhood. He had a friend there when he was young and they get into some shenanigans getting inside the city. They go on get into some shenanigans sliding down uh, these sort of rock slides which we'll definitely get into. Um, They get in trouble and they get taken to the king of omashu who's this wacky uh old man who keeps making these jokes that fall very flat and he um and uh he says that he will he takes ang's two friends uh katara and saka and says that he will get them back after he uh Proves himself through three challenges, and that is sort of the course of this whole episode. It's very straightforward, but man, is it a memorable one. It's so funny. It is. so It's it the is. funniest episode yet. I it think is, so. It's straight comedy,
0: like, the whole time, and it, I love it. I laughed so hard for
1: so, like, the whole episode. I was so surprised. Yeah. Two things, or just one, one thing, I suppose. One subject I want to highlight. Real quick, before we get into the story, is right before we were watching the episode, um, I found out Katara is May Whitman, whose uh, name I didn't know. No way. But yeah, she's Egg from Arrested yeah. Development and one of the exes in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And General Zhao is Jason Isaacs lucius no way yeah dude i didn't fucking know that he's one of the best actors around i had no
0: idea wow no wonder he's such a good dick oh jason isaacs good dick (laughs) 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 but for real that's impressive they and that was like i feel like that was in a prime time for him too when this show started this show they got some a-listers oh yeah Oh yeah, I mean they got yeah. There's just such and a talented character. all of these all of these actors stuck around for the entirety of the show. Right. I mean yeah. I'm sure that's common for you know you sign a contract or whatever. But sure. I mean it's impressive that uh Jason Isaacs is a care a character showing up in this animated children's show right. and he's bringing this character all the life it needs. Oh, that's so cool. That's incredible. And Mae Whitman. Man, yeah. this might be my favorite performance of hers now.
1: <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I love the first moment, how easily they set up and how not forced it feels. They're just at Omashu and Ang is there and he's like, he just casually mentions, he's like, yeah, this is Omashu. Uh, my friend Boomy used to live here. And then they just like move on and it's like very casual and it like seems natural in the conversation that he's setting that up. Um, and I love Boomy. He's, they could have just picked, I don't know if it's
0: a voice actor that if I looked him up, I'd be like, Oh my gosh. But (laughs) it's still, he had such a, a very character voice and like thing going on, even for just that little moment. I felt like I knew this kid, and oh, it's yeah. it, it was really cool. I love that that they didn't just use because there are a couple. I don't want to call them throwaways, but there are a couple of voices that reoccur, especially in any animated show yeah. where you know it's just the guy who's like take him into the prison cell or whatever. Right, right. But I think there are a few kids that they could have easily just had a you know the uh that little girl in the first episode that we love so much they could have just had her be the voice of boomy or whatever but yeah. they got someone who with
1: a unique voice just for that little bit i love that totally i have a note that i want to see if you remember more details on i remember laughing at it i just wrote oppa blows on him <laughs> you remember what i'm talking about to the very beginning because no. <laughs> Appa? Yeah, Yeah, Appa just, (laughs) (laughs) uh, he says something to Appa, and Appa just, like, turns to him with a straight face and just, (sighs) just. Is that when he gets all the Appa hair to be able to
0: turn into the grandpa? Wow, I I didn't even notice that. That's so funny. Anyway. It's little, see, that's, I mean, I'm literally sitting here, I watched it writing notes, and I missed something like that, you know? There's so many little things in this show that just, it's such a funny episode. Oh, yeah. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I think it was Zuko or uh, Saka makes the comment when they get to the city. Or no, I think Katara actually. She says, we don't have any cities like this in the South Pole. And it made me wonder, do they have other places in the South Pole? Because I know Hmm. that the Southern Water Tribe is who we meet in the beginning. But then she refers to it as the South Pole. And like, like, is it because there just are no cities at all? But maybe there are other villages in the South Pole. Maybe there, I don't know. I just mm. think that's kind of cool to think about that they like made that little distinction. Yeah. And then Saka's just like, yeah, there are no buildings here that melt because <laughs> we had to watch his poor fortress melt like right. twice. <laughs> I love uh, that this kind of shows us it's the first time where Aang needs to kind of. They realize, like, oh, after last time, you might need to hide out. Right. And that's going to be a thing now because we saw what happens when word gets around where the Avatar is. So he disguised, yeah. He decides to don a disguise. And it, when he picks a name, it just doesn't mess anyone
1: up. I love that. <laughs> and it's it, like the – Katara just picks right up on Pippin Peppalapalapacus or – I wrote it down, but I can't even. I did and I'm looking at it, and I can't. I can't even try. Okay, yeah, I know. had a thought. We haven't seen in-world earthbending before this, have we? Nope, we haven't. So that means <laughs> that the first in-world earthbending that we see is Cabbage Guy's cabbage cart get knocked oh my stories into the air and fly <laughs> over the walls. Into You're the right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? My cabbage. Oh,
0: that's so good. This uh, speaking of cabbages, this episode had a lot of uh, rule of three, yeah. little payoffs, hey, and it did true. it all really well. There were like four of them, like the pips and Pata of whatever yeah, that name right. came up three times. And uh-huh. <laughs> all three times, they just nailed it. Yeah, and then cabbage guy comes back. I don't know. It's uh, it's, yeah, even it's the an, three yeah. challenges
1: that he goes through. It's like I don't know true. rule of threes,
0: and I think there were three. <laughs> moments which we'll get to
1: <laughs> so good um uh speaking of the earthbending though i mean it's really cool the way that they establish earthbending like this is the first earthbending that we've seen in the story in the series like all else that we've seen is in the intro a guy go pff, pff, just you know fling a rock and off. they use it for everything in the city yeah everything everything it's the entire city is built around that and how cool and like the entire design of the, the city from opening. the wall from the gate entrance there's no way you're getting in that city without earthbending literally that's the only way the gate i is love that earthbender guard, stone wall <laughs> what <laughs> that that guard he's
0: just so like rattled by ang and then he's like oh you seem like a responsible young (laughs) girl make sure your grandpa doesn't get into any you know funny business and then he looks and sees the little momo ears (laughs) pop out his face he's genuinely just shocked like
1: what is happening what (laughs) they just played that guy so far i love that poor bastard oh and then they get in and the the structure of this city it's a trade city where they deliver everything in yeah, this system that's so with cool. carts that's with gravity like bringing back down to the earth like the the energy of the pulling of the earth's mass and you send it back up with earth bending it's like entirely everything is earth bending it's amazing
0: it's and so cool no firebenders i love that we're yeah. uh we're in a city right now that We're getting to see a little bit of what it would be like without any Fire Nation's effects, you know, an equilibrium of just they've they're one with this city because they're earthbenders and it's made of earth. And I love that. Did they
1: we get to see that? Did they talk about that at all? Like the reason there's no firebenders or have they just managed to like. Well, there is a moment where which I was just
0: about to bring up when they start uh, sliding down and we we do see some earthbender soldiers getting ready to go to battle that's so, right. so i'm thinking that maybe it's just not to them yet and right. they so they're still going to the front lines but they're within the earth kingdom sure where, you know like if you can imagine like the fire slowly going into <laughs> right. the earth right. kingdom you know what i mean right like um, they're not
1: totally unaffected by the war but the actual like you know front lines of battle have not made it there yeah that makes sense yeah Uh, so they start sliding down. Okay. But first they have the actual flashback of Boomy. Um, and that laugh is. Oh my God. Horrifying. (laughs) It goes on. I couldn't even try to recreate it. Yeah. It goes on for like
0: twice as long as it should. It just, the camera just like stops on his face and he's. Uh,
1: And it's just like, Oh God. Horrifying. Um, but yeah, and then the that whole sequence of them sliding down is so much fun, and it shows a lot about their
0: characters. Yeah, we got we. I mean, every little decision from episode one, every character makes dec- decisions that make sense for them. Yeah. like Katara being, uh Sokka just being too scared to know what to do. Katara being like, "Ang, use your earth bending." And then Mm. Aang thinking, great, I'm going to use it to speed us up. (laughs) You (laughs) know, it just shows like, yeah, use your airbending. Because, you know, of course, she's going to think of the best way to slow them down. And, of course, he's going to use that to speed up. And I loved the moment with uh, the freeze frame. Yes. All right. He says, men, you're going into combat soon. You must be prepared for anything. And it's just a freeze frame of three kids and a lemur inside of a giant, like a... Freaking roller coaster cart. And you know, I oh, and
1: it's those little comedic moments are timed perfectly and it just I like really hard. Just like how we were talking about in the last episode with the transition um of the fish seller, fish tender, whatever, tend to fish, um, who shows, you know, that montage that justifies Zuko finding out where they are, and you were like I don't know if that's something that they do again in the show. Like, I don't know if that freeze frame thing is something they do again in the show. But yeah, it's I very it... distinct. It doesn't feel out of place. And it's very effective. And it's, like, interesting and unique, you know? Absolutely. They've got a whole sleeve full of tricks.
0: And they use them all. Um, and it's just more, in my opinion, reason for this to be an animated show. It yep. being animated makes, like... For one, I mean, even earlier in the show, Aang putting on like a little disguise as a grandpa—that mm. couldn't work live action, right? You know, yeah. And it, you wouldn't even want it to. They if like if they do create a live action version of the show, that just probably can't be in it, you know. Yeah. And that's fine. Like certain things don't translate, but mm. it's so funny, and it and you and it as a storytelling, uh, like tool. It works so great because now Ang can still be there, but he's just in disguise. And it's funny. He's a grandpa, you know? Mm -hmm. All of those little things just make it a richer story and can only happen in animation. And I just, yeah, I think that if you were to try to show someone, like, what's the point of animation anyway? Show them this, this episode specifically.
1: Yeah. I love that the Cabbage Guy, besides being... uh hilarious and one of my favorite parts of uh avatar (laughs) he's in this episode he's not just a one-off joke and he's not even just the rule of threes like out of the world random funny joke the first time he's in there is the first time we see earthbending in the in the universe that we're in the second time that we see him it's how they get caught, and the last time is the button at the end of the episode that we'll talk about later. But like, that's so cool! I don't know. He's being. I'm just used happy in for story him. At,
0: where does he get all these cabbages?
1: My cabbages! <laughs> he doesn't just
0: have. He shouldn't even be upset, dude. You got infinite cabbages, you know. His <laughs> cabbages got destroyed, and like an hour later, he's just in the city peddling a cart of fresh cabbages. He is a cabbage you bender. Know? he I- oh <laughs> cabbage bending i love the term that they used for uh um they said like the different things that the kids did wrong when they got to the king one of the things that he said was malicious destruction of cabbages yeah <laughs> just that being said seriously made me laugh my ass off oh, Just yeah. you know ter- terrorizing the town uh Impersonation and malicious <laughs> malicious destruction of cabbages. Yeah. And then that guy goes, off with their heads. Yeah, as right. many heads as they had heads of cabbage. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so good. The When they finally meet the king and he's being all weird and making these terrible jokes. The first terrible joke he makes is, um, it's happened.
0: Yeah, because he said, "What does he say? He's from like uh-huh. Rabbit
1: Island or Bunny yes, Island or something yes. like that." He's from. Rabbit and he's like, "I hear that, like that place is hopping. hopping." And, and Sokka the camera just, just busts a gut. <laughs> he loves it. Sokka loves it.
0: That was, and that's the first of three. Just like, is there a cops? cough in that one? Yeah, oh, okay. I like. I turned up the episode loud because yes. I kept on wondering. Is that a cough moment? And almost every time that it could be is. There are, I think, three or four even, but three for sure. Okay. And that's one of them. Okay. (laughs) Just, (laughs) like, who's coughing? It's just, like, one of the guards, like, not amused, you know? I thought it was hilarious when, uh, now this time, when the king says, I wrote it down here. I think I can do this. Pippin Paddle Yeah. When he says it... (laughs) He even says it fine. So that means that Katara says it to that guard. That guard heard it twice total. Right. And somehow was able to relay the message to the king (laughs) hours later. And the king then just knew it. Yep. That name was like no problem for anyone. (laughs) And the whole point of the first setup of it, in my opinion, you're thinking like, oh, this is going to be a name he can't pronounce again. Right. And then he never has to, and everyone can pronounce it, which <laughs> yeah. just is funnier. Yeah. The show absolutely. is so smart. It really is. <laughs> um, The second great uh shitty joke that the king makes when talk is just like let us leave and yeah. then it just zooms in on him let us leave and he chews on a <laughs> leaf of lettuce yeah, all right the music that plays i can't remember it off the top of my head but it's just like with momo having his own music yeah. this dude has his own music of just you're a crazy dude oh
1: speaking of <laughs> momo's music it changes dude when, they, when they're in the prison cell and they're like alright come on Momo and it shows him, or like he goes over to arr, talk arr, to Momo to put him arr. into the hole arr, arr. Yeah, exactly and he's just sitting there with it's a big it's just like fucking slow belly. motion
0: Momo music
1: hark, hank, hank, hank,
0: hank. yeah and then when they try to like stuff him in the vent he just <laughs> fall- he like I think he just decides to sleep there <laughs> just his legs up. just go limp and then it's never addressed again <laughs> just left him yeah. in that hole yeah they totally did. <laughs> I was wondering, are they going to show us like him get out or like yeah. him sleeping there? And they just don't. No, you know? they don't need to. He gets out. Nope. <laughs> Take them to the refurbished chamber that was once bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: Very funny. So
0: many killer jokes in this episode. Flopsy, his pet. Oh, yeah. The king's pet. Oh, but Not before- only a really cool animal, yeah. but the way it holds Aang. When, yeah when ang is like flopsy it picks ang up it's just funny to me i love thinking that like if my dog were giant it'd probably pick
1: me up you yeah know? right with its big buff arms <laughs> 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 they're like the rocks arms yeah. on a dog yeah <laughs> i love when they first before they get into the challenges uh when they come into the hall um and he's like changed his outfit. He's like, "Do you like my outfit?" I think there's another cough moment there. I have cough. Yeah, there I is just outfit cough. Um, and then I love Ang tries to intimidate him. He just rushes up yeah. to him and just a, that's
0: whoosh, such a cool little thing too. Big rush his little of footsteps.
1: Wind. Yeah. Um. So cool. And then another cool world building and earth bending centric city aspect is the prisoner the way they're keeping saka and katara like prisoner and the thing he has to the time limit he has to overcome is the creeping crystal which is so cool and terrifying and i don't want terrifying. that terrifying they just put but a then ring it ends on them up them being rock candy <laughs> right i love that i do love that
0: like they could i wonder if they could eat it though i wondered that when he takes mm-hmm. a bite out of it i'm like is that an earth bending like food like is it something
1: he can bite because he's an earthbender. Do you know what I mean? Mm, interesting. Uh, I feel like not, because I kind of like the the idea that they could have just broken out their way the out. whole time if they <laughs> wanted to. Socko was on the way, you know? Yeah, he
0: he would have figured it out, because that's something he would have tried for
1: sure. Yeah. Oh, These three challenges are really cool, and I like the way they set up that he has to think outside of the box. And they had to think outside of the box to write that episode to think about challenges that he had to think out of the box to overcome.
0: I wonder if they thought, oh crap, now we have to make sure that these guys think out of the box more. <laughs> and then they did. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah. if I, as much as I remember, the show really does think outside of the box as it goes on. And
1: that's a lesson and, that he uh, learns along the way in this, like, he's gone through things pretty straightforward up until now. Every time he's had, like, some sort of confrontation, I mean, I suppose the most outside of the box thing that he's done is getting the Unagi to douse the... City, But that was sort of like just making a link in his head that was Mm -hmm. just linking two things as opposed to looking at a situation and thinking about all the aspects of it in a completely different way. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, What a kick-ass moment when he flings that, that stalagmite, stalactite. I never know which is which. Yeah, I don't. Which is the one that comes up? The big spike. Know. He flings a spike. <laughs> he gets the spike I, and it crashes why right Why aren't above they the him. same thing? What, I don't know, what, man. Aren't
0: because, they? Well, no. yeah. Yeah. Because one, one is, is because yeah. of yeah, <laughs> I know, but come on, Well, you know? see because no. It's because
1: one is I, I, one of them dripping de- and then yeah. The other one is like building art, up from, but, you know, the dripping. <laughs> down.
0: Oh yeah, that makes that does make sense when you think about it. Like they have to be considered different things because it's different chemical reactions. Flopsy's
1: so, terrifying goat eyes. Can we just talk about that for a moment? Oh my god, I'm not gosh. okay with it. I don't know why, but like, I mean, I know it's supposed to look intimidating, but even when it like you find out it's nice and it's like actually just it's a cute vet, it's, it's still got still those terrifying. goat eyes, those horizontal pupil goat eyes. Mm-mm, I'm not into it. <laughs> I feel like this
0: episode is a great example of one that you need to watch, but, like, you could make an argument for it being a filler almost. Sure. It's, like, the most of maybe any episode yet, and coming up even, it's one of the most, like, is this just kind of, like, a sidetrack? But the right. entire episode is, like, a foundation episode. It, it like, starts a yeah. ton of stuff, and like, earthbending being the biggest one um, cabbage guy and it just uh, yeah cabbage guy <laughs> some so much humor is set up in this episode that's not just for this episode it keeps coming back throughout the show uh i love that the show has the the guts to do something like that because i mean you want to have your episodes that are just funny and fun to watch the whole time and that's what this is it's funny and it's cool having the three challenges and the right. creeping crystal and you know, all these cool little things. It's just fun to watch, but you still feel like it's a necessary piece to the larger puzzle, which is what I, I've been saying about all of them. But even for this episode, they nail that.
1: And yeah. Yeah. The, the last that's impressive. two episodes are very uh, sidetracked, but also you need those events on the way to the main goals that they're working towards to make it feel like they spent time getting there. And it really does feel like they spent spend the time. You feel not only the time that it takes of each of the all of the story that we see, but the time in between the episodes. It feels like they've been traveling in between the episodes and continuing to bond and set up camp. Even and if we
0: never heard these names, uh, King Bumi or City of Omashu or. Or Suki in Island of Kyoshi ever again, and then in, like, the last episode, a character mentioned it, you'd still be like, <laughs> King boom!" Like, that was such a great, you know, right. I, I know what that city's like, or I know mm-hmm. the purpose of that city. Or you see a statue of uh, Kyo- of Lady Kyoshi, you know who that is, and you know what the point of that is, even if they don't say anything now. Right. It's it's purposeful world building not just world building for the sake of being like references and like oh that's cool it's like no that's not just cool that's important you're gonna need to know that Mm -hmm. and i i think that's and and it feels like that you walk away from this episode going i feel like i learned something or someone's gonna i don't know this this is gonna come back yeah you know yeah they do such a great job of that uh and yeah i i think my favorite music so far was in the kiyoshi island episode but Mm. still even in this one they introduced a few more like the king boomies little riff and like momo's slow-mo they they did some cool things in this episode too slow mo Momo slow mo i wonder i feel like the show's music evolves just as much as the world it continues to Mm. add and take away and change and they bring stuff back throughout but i love that they you know, continue to add little musical things. Uh, It almost feels like Lord of the Rings. Mm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, I do. I'd compare them. I would definitely compare them. Yeah. Oh, King Boomy just like laughing and falling, trust falling onto the rocky ground and then just like floating into the ground. Okay, first that's um, one of the coolest
1: things. The moment that we realize that Boomy is not just like a big fat hunched over robed king his oh, terrifying yeah. <laughs> he's got yeah, these like he, two uh, buff, uh, like uh, soldiers around him and the sound that what stuck out to me most was the sound of his back as he straightens up just like <clears throat> <clears throat> like you know you know people who, like crack their knuckles or their neck a lot sam cracks his neck and it freaks me out sorry sam i know you're listening to this um <laughs> <laughs> but you can tell that like that's something they've done like you can tell it just Gave the impression not that he hasn't used his back a lot, but it's it but that it's like cracking his knuckles. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. He's like g- getting ready. G- like here we go, freshening up. You know? Yeah. Oh, and it just—I don't know—it just gave me shivers that time. Also, dude's got some pit hair, man. Groom yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and holy cow, he's—he can fight. Oh yeah, he can,
0: but actually he had absolutely no problem. He wasn't even fighting, in my opinion. I think he was just trying to get Aang to think outside of the box in a fight.
1: He was, you know, and the thing is, like, he was toying with Aang to see where he's at. And consequently, we're seeing the first moves that he would use, also easing us as the audience member into earthbending. I wrote down the moves that he uses. He first used chucking rocks, like basically the only other earthbending that we've seen. We've seen them like open the gates and use the the carts and everything. But other than that, it's mostly been like, stomp, big rock comes up, fling it away. And that's what he uses at first, And he's pretty easily able to avoid those, and then he starts using bigger rocks, and then he does these pillars that come up out of the ground in different angles to try and fuck him up. And then there's this, like, rock amoeba wave thing, and that's the first moment that it's like, oh, like, thinking outside of the box of how you can use earthbending, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then That's the last, so cool. I didn't even realize that. The last, like... The progression. The last other new move that he uses is Aang tries to, like, really rush at him quickly, and he turns the ground into sand and then re-solidifies it. So oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Or I think he just Earthbenders turns... Earthbenders it... are terrifying.
1: Yeah. That's... The, that concept? I mean, I don't think he does re-solidify the, the sand. I think... Because Aang is able to use airbending to whip out of it as the two boulders are sort of smashing in on him. But the concept of someone being able to just... And, I mean, uh, this happens later in the show in moments I don't think ever as horrifying as it could be used. But just making rock lift apart like into sand and letting someone sink into it and then just covering them and re Holy fuck! That's, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> the final <laughs> moment. Yeah, was uh, I oh. had to rewind and turn it up to make sure. But they're like trying to figure out his final task, which we've spoiled at this point, right. is to figure out who he is, and yeah. you f- realize he's the same he's kid boom-y. from the beginning, yeah. Boomy. And but before Aang realizes this, Sokka goes, "Wait." he's a earthbender right and then ang's like yeah and he's like rocky you know because of all the rocks and when he yells rocky there's just the <coughs> <laughs> rocky <laughs> you know because of all the rocks yeah. and even funnier than him saying that is katara's just so sweet response <laughs> we're gonna keep trying but that is a good backup <laughs> i did not register that that's really funny uh, i laughed so hard just like she's just at this point she's like i'm not gonna make fun of this poor bastard (laughs) he really does think that's a good idea you know we are
1: trapped in rock right now we gotta stay positive
0: (laughs) oh it's just like i think that's one of my favorite katara and Sokka moments in the whole show yeah and and then Sokka, his crystal just growing a little bit on one side too much so
1: he has falls over yeah classic of course it happens to him i love the reuniting that they get that moment is so sweet it registers very sweet doesn't it
0: yeah it feels and it feels natural it's just like my old friend
1: you haven't changed a bit
0: oh and it made me think too about how he's like i know they're both technically over a hundred but he's actually over a hundred he's lived 100 years in this world during this war right but deep deep down he is exactly the same he's still the same kid and i think that's everyone that's just life and you kind of realize that as you age and you think about you know like how your friends are still the same kids that they were in high school or whatever sure i feel like boomy had that moment with him except he actually is just the same kid and hasn't changed right and i think that's funny because it I don't know, it's kind of a parallel to any time you reunite with an old friend, you feel that way almost. Even if they're not yeah. a little, you know, the same little kid you knew. Right, They sure. feel like they are, yeah. you know?
1: Um, and I mean, yeah, yeah, that's interesting because, like, you can you can grow and learn, you know, new ways to interpret things and, like, change things about yourself. But there's so many things that are just inherent to you and that he really recognizes him as boomy because of who he is and the way he's set up but obviously he's not a kid running the kingdom and everything like he's learned how to do so many things he's become a master earthbender and he's you there's know,
0: still res- he's still a
1: responsible king right but he's down to go yeah earth sliding right you know? which is such a great ending i do want to highlight though i don't know if this is the first time it's said uh when Boomy is giving him sort of his final speech, clarifying the lesson that he's bestowing to him, which is you have to think outside of the box, think like a mad genius. Um, he says, When you you are going to have to confront the Fire Lord, and when you do, I hope that you will think like a mad genius. Have Oh yeah. Has that been said yet that he is going to have to face the fire lord we've heard about the fire lord we know Aang is like the avatar is the one person that can end the war yeah katara
0: said something in that first episode about you know according to the prophecy you have right. to learn the four elements but i think that's like all she says so there is that. like a prophecy of some kind so maybe the prophecy says that but he doesn't know it yet or i, I don't know i go might back have and to rewatch yeah just to me like me too just in case that.
1: I feel like but it would be it a bigger is, deal if it is. But even so, even if the first time we hear about it is Katara laying out the prophecy of um, the Avatar will face the Fire Lord and end the war. Still, that's like the first time. I don't know that it's being addressed more casually and con- not casually, but like it's real. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's real. Yeah.
0: And I wonder if he realizes it yet, because I can't. That's one great thing about this podcast is there are some things that I genuinely can't remember about this show. So I don't remember if he's going to, like, relearn the prophecy coming up here and realize, like, oh, I do have to do that sometime. Or if it's going to just become a more talked about thing that he already does know. You know, I can't remember. So that'll be.
1: I know the two parter that we're approaching is. uh Yeah,
0: I. I saw what the names were, and I couldn't really remember what happens in them, so I'm excited to... Oh, dude, The Winter
1: Solstice? That is... I can't...
0: Yeah, I know it's a good one, but I can't even really remember. It's a two-part,
1: and for some reason, that is what I think... Those are the episodes that I think about watching as a kid. Like, 100%, those are the ones that I remember watching as a kid. Because I've watched the series through a couple times in the past, like, four or five years, because I've revisited Mm -hmm. it. And I don't even know if I ever watched it in line like watched it from start to finish as a kid i think i watched episodes and i was sort of keeping up with it but not really religiously or anything um and the that two-parter is uh what i think of a hundred percent what i remember actually like have memories of watching but that's after one more episode what is the what is the next episode i forget oh i forgot i was looking ahead
0: um while i'm looking this up so one thing that this episode did that i don't think we've fully mentioned or talked about yet that i think is so cool yes it introduced earth bending but it also introduces the concept of every bending style having a different uh like martial arts form mm. to go with it we saw earth or fire bending in that first episode. And we've only really seen glimpses of air and water because both Aang and Katara are amateur. Like, Aang is a great airbender, maybe a master already, but he's not a, uh, like, a fighter or a, you know, when he uses it, you see it being used as, like, little tools. Like him, like, pulling something towards him or using his little air ball to float around. Mm. But, you know, there haven't been a ton of moments where we've seen him use a certain uh, style of martial arts. But we've seen Zuko in firebending and his, like, how he does that. And yeah. now with this fight with Boomy, we saw it's just an entirely, like, the moment that I always think of is when he does that thing where he puts his fists right next to his waist. Hmm. And then just, like, he does, like, a walk that almost looks like a goofy, like, oh, yeah. he, like, sways left to right while he walks forward and kicks up. The, it's like the pillar moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <yep. laughs> I just watched this movie on Netflix, which I highly suggest for our listeners. If you like this kind of thing, this is a movie for you and for you, Calvin, called Shadow. Shadow. It was dope. It's basically a fantasy, a realistic fantasy, like martial arts type movie where I don't want to say too much, but there's like like a, a war type scene. Like, I don't know the word for it, but there are fight scenes with like... 300 people Shit. and they use uh, bladed umbrellas as their weapon. Oh. So, like, the umbrella is made out of blades and they u- they walk like Boomy did in that moment when they're holding the umbrellas. If you can imagine someone, like, holding an umbrella and, it, and like, swinging it around. Yeah. It, But, like, 300 people. Oh, the movie is dope and it's very well choreographed and there's some sick moments in it. Highly suggest. Uh, episode six of them it is imprisoned oh
1: Ooh. oh wait
0: i won't say much but i will say it's a katara episode that's right Ooh. one of my favorites for sure it's a good one. Ah, oh they're all i'm goodness. gonna say that with every single episode yeah. i i remember when i first showed abby every episode i'd be like oh this is one of my favorites yeah by like mid-season two she was like are you just going to say that with every episode? And I was like, I don't yeah, know. I might. Maybe not, but I yeah. probably will.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's so many good, memorable moments in this show. I don't know. Man. And what's so cool about this show,
0: too, after, you know, watching a lot of TV throughout my life and realizing not all show, most shows don't do this, everything is memorable and... Isn't it's not over like anything you've seen that you're like that was cool? What a cool character! Well, I hope you liked him because you'll probably see him again. Stuff like that is what makes this show so rich. It's not just like fun to watch while you're watching, it's fun to rewatch. It's fun to watch, you know, having seen other episodes. You can tune in and tune out or not. And yeah, we'll probably say that every episode here because especially the key to what makes it good.
1: I will say especially season one, I'm starting to, I I have a couple episodes in mind, and I believe they're in season two, that are pretty on their own, and not necessarily important, I have like two that specifically that I'm thinking of, but I don't know, we'll get to that, Um, and we can talk about, maybe I'm thinking about them in the wrong way, and they are more important than I think about it, but even so, even those, you know, auxiliary episodes are necessary for The world to feel lived in and the travel that they go through because they go through so... They go so far and do so much. Yeah.
0: Anytime a character in the show makes a decision, you can think back to what they've been through in the show and that influences their answer to what they... You know what I mean Mm -hmm. by that? If Katara is going to do something, right, it's always going to make sense for Mm -hmm. her character to do it. You will be able to Uh,
1: track where she learned that lesson.
0: Yes. And often... What's so cool about it too is you could tune in late and be like, "What?"
1: Because right. these
0: characters go through a lot.
1: Well, you want to do kid moment of the week? Yeah, let's do it. I, uh, I'm kind of tossed between a couple
0: things yeah. because I am too. I, some... I love yeah. Cabbage Guy, obviously, but do we love him yet? You know what I mean? Blank slate. Do we love him yet? Or I mean, is he just Blanksley? funny in this episode? He's really fucking funny, man. My it cabbages. Is, they, to- they totally give him the full three. Yeah. Poor time. Yeah. Uh. I was thinking that, or just in general, all of the bad
1: jokes that fall flat in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be. It could be when, when he's like lettuce leaf and then it's this close-up on his face and he's chewing the leaf and it's like sticking up weird out of his mouth um (laughs) i also really i really really like the uh the momo momo big belly momo sleeping (laughs) or how about ang's
0: reaction to boomy Unrobe, like derobing and being a buff earthbender oh, and yeah. just going <laughs> <laughs> he like has this face like <laughs> like oh <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah he just knows he made the wrong decision <laughs> that's pretty good oh man i'm not sure this episode is truly it's so funny and that's the thing i i think i often forget that Kid moment doesn't necessarily mean funny moment. Yeah. Does it? But that's kind of part of what makes the kid moments in this show good is that they're funny. Sure. They're not just, you know, because you can have a kid moment in a show not be funny. Yeah. But that's what makes these ones yeah. good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm feeling Cabbage Man, maybe. I mean, it's...
1: <sighs> spoilers to everyone who doesn't know that he comes back, but he definitely does. And that's I mean, what makes
0: him as I funny like as he I feel like I got I mean I just think that guard in the beginning was really funny too. That's just, true. They played him and I just think that's funny. I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm going to cast my vote Ooh, for I what? think
0: I might know what it is. What? The freeze frame.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Because yeah. Because it's good. All right, guys, in so many you have to ways. be prepared for anything. And the sound, yeah, too. And the faces they're making, the freeze frame.
0: And that's another, just another reason that the show is uh, specifically great as an animated show. Humor like that is humor that I feel is very hard to pull off live action. You can. yeah. I think Scott Pilgrim vs. the World has mm-hmm. a lot of animated mm-hmm. humor being pulled off in a live action setting. Which is always my argument for like... You know, making like a comic book movie good because I could definitely understand someone's arguments against movies that, you know, are so popular these days, like Marvel movies and whatnot. Yeah. If you're not into the story of those movies or like just superpowers being brought to life, they might just not be your movie. They might be bland or whatever. And I get that. Yeah. But, you know, movies like Scott Pilgrim make me go, okay, it kind of is possible sometimes, you know?
1: It can be. It takes a lot more, and it has to be really, really well done if you're going to do it in live action. There's some things that just work better in animation, I think.
0: I've looked it up since our since we started this podcast, and it's one of those rare things that there's news that they're making a live-action Netflix yeah. avatar show. But nothing that I am like, I buy that. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. It's like when they used to—they actually used to say that about a Legend of Zelda live-action movie or show. There's also been talk, and then of that just never the That is
1: happening.
0: That is happening. Though. That oh, okay. the money has been spent. Oh, okay. Amazon spent like—I don't want to say the wrong number here, but I think it's close to a billion dollars. Wow. Wow. I might be saying the wrong number there because that's a lot of money. I mean, who knows? But
1: Honestly, I'd believe it, and you know people what they want to do.
0: That. What I know that they want to do is make it, I don't know the word for it, but they, I guess the word is they are not going to fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's their goal. Cause they're like, I mean, in my opinion, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is the highest achievement of cinema, uh, that we've had in this little era of our lives. Yeah, I haven't seen anything that I've been like, whoa, that was better than the Lord of the Rings trilogy since that. You know what I mean? Definitely. So... I don't know why touch it, but maybe they'll do something completely different with it, and that could be cool.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the Netflix live-action possibility of the Avatar show, who knows about that? But I did see an announcement. Uh, Regardless of that, they are bringing all three seasons of Avatar to Netflix May 15th. What a perfect time for that. Right? perfect timing i'm so glad i'm so excited i will be able to i can right now say you will be able to watch this show with us but we'll be able to in our episode say you'll watch along with us i mean like so many people have netflix it's a pretty unanimous thing ubiquitous whatever it's all over the place you you've got you if you don't have it you know somebody who's login you can use um and don't
0: just use their login I mean, wait, before I say what I'm about to say, I'm assuming that at that point quarantining and self quarantining won't be a thing anymore, or whenever you can do this, go over there and watch it with them. Or if you are self quarantining, have a Netflix watch party. Because yeah. introduce people to this show. It is the greatest show ever. Yes. And more people need to watch it. If you have that's seen, all I'm really getting at.
1: Share it with someone else because watching people watch it even for the first time in years let alone like for the first time is so much what i introduced the show to will and it was oh just incredible to oh i remember be able that. to watch you know watch him discover the show for the first time i have doubts that uh we'll be able to just freely hang out by may 15th uh, with no worries Me too. but i think it'll i think we'll m- make some progress i don't know that's like 3 weeks out but Netflix party you did mention is totally a thing, totally uh, a thing. I do recommend it. I've tried it before. I mean, it's not, it's not the same, but it is fun. And I feel like especially for a show like this, it'd be, it'd be kind of perfect. I hope everybody is staying safe and healthy out there. Uh, this has been a new lens covering such a funny episode,
0: really heart heart filling. My yeah. heart is filled with. Just hope and joy after that. I can't wait to see where the series continues. The good stuff. Good emotions. Good good, good ones. Well, I'm Calvin. And I'm Gary. Hope you guys had enjoyed listening to this one. Come on back next week for episode five. What was it called again?
1: Imprisoned. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Fuck yeah, dude.